Last year, so 2022, I sort of wanted to give Blockstatic or my SaaS making a better shot and I decided to take a loan, basically. I stopped all the work again, no contract work, nothing. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start doing this full time. Hello and welcome back to Indie Bites, the podcast where I bring you stories of fellow indie hackers in 15 minutes or less. I'm your host, James McKinvan. Today, I'm joined by Val Sopi, the founder of Blogstatic, a lightweight blogging platform built to take on the likes of Ghost. Currently, Val is sitting around 1K a month, but with a low-priced annual plans approach, he's relying on new signups and plan upgrades instead of recurring subscriptions. So he's at a crossroads of needing to pour fuel on the fire to grow his low-cost blogging platform or attempt to build a B2B SaaS, which he believes is a much more sustainable option for an indie founder. Val has been hardened by business success and failures throughout the years, so I love his pragmatic approach to the decisions he's making. We do have a longer 55-minute chat, which is available on the IndieBytes membership, which you can get access for for 60 bucks a year at IndieBytes.com membership. But before we get into the chat, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Email Octopus, who did actually make the low-cost volume play work to bootstrap to millions. I interviewed the founders on episode 99. Email Octopus are an email platform focused on affordability and ease of use without the bloated features that some email apps have have so you can focus on shipping and growing your audience which regular listeners know is essential for growth in the early days just to get started with an email platform that gets out the way you can contact up to 2500 people for free head to emailoctopus.com or hit the link in the show notes let's get into this episode with val val how are you doing welcome to the pod hey good man good to see you happy to be here Let's talk about some of the projects that you've done on the side over the years. Have you got anything notable before we get on to Claritask and Blogstatic, which is where we're going to talk about stuff? Yeah, so my, my first time I got into SaaS was in 2013. Uh, it was a, a product similar to Claritask. It was a project management tool. It was a little bigger. Uh, it was targeted for advertising agencies. I come from an advertising agency background. I work in advertising agencies since college. So I sort of knew they, their pains. And the name of the product was Good Werp, and the meaning behind the name was Good Web ERP. That's sort of like the acronym for that. That was 2013 up to 2016. I spent a lot of money, had a team, and the product wasn't doing bad. Could have done more in terms of marketing, advertising, reaching out to more advertising agencies because the clients we had were very happy. The problem with it was that the team was pretty big for a, a product like that. Yeah. And I was spending a lot, of, a lot of money maintaining payroll, not you know leaving anyone behind. I could have done a ton of things different back then, but then that one led to me losing a lot of money, going back to freelancing, making some money, teaching myself how to code, making Claritask, and then selling Claritask for about two years worth of runway for my family of four. I'm curious, that project management tool you have for agencies, were you doing that full-time then with the team? And was it doing enough in terms of revenue? And what happened oh, then yeah. that it sort of didn't work out? Yeah, so I had a des- web design shop. So we did, you know, websites, web apps for yeah. clients. And I was doing okay. So I had a bunch of money in my bank- banking account. And I was really tired of clients. They um, weren't so bad. I was just tired of getting another job, keeping the pipeline he- healthy, you know, just churning work after work. And with the money I had, I've been wanting to do a SaaS for the longest time. Mm. And I thought that was, you know, the time that I needed to make the jump. So announced it to every client that we're not doing this anymore. We're not working for clients because we're focusing on our own product. So left the clients, focused 100% on that, had money for my runway, for the the payroll and whatnot. 
And then we didn't meet the goals that I was planning to. So that's when the money started to run out. The most good work made, it got to $1,000 MRR. Okay. So tell me more about how Claritas came about. Was that off of the previous product? Was that sort of born out of that where you were just doing it on your own? That was actually me teaching myself how to backend code. Okay. And it's it was really, I mean, it was really dumb to go again into project management because it's such a tough market. There's yeah. some big players with a lot of money. And, you know, when, it almost felt like a rite of passage to SAS. You have to do one of those. So I did it again. It was basically me teaching myself how to code. And I thought there was some pains that I learned from good work that I could solve better. And so I launched it. I think it was 2019 yeah. when I launched it. It never really took off, to be honest. The most it did, I think it got to like $300 MRR. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was really low. Yeah. And then um, circa 2021, yeah, I got really tired of it. And I just wanted to package it, reformat code, and then just wait if somebody wants to buy it. And then weirdly, luckily, one of the clients that was using it, they're like, hey, we're building this big tool with a bunch of these tools, like a suite of things. Like, do you want to sell it? But the contingency is that you come with it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not interested in coming with you and working with you just simply because I'm unemployable at this point. Uh, but if you, go, if you guys want to take it, you can take it. And then they said, well, we're not really sure about that. So anyway, three weeks later, they're like, all right, we want it without you because we need it in our tool. So you want to sell it? I said, yes. And that was the end of Claritask. So it was very cool because it wasn't doing that well and I sold it really good. So got really lucky there. All right. So you landed a little bit of luck to sell Claritask, but you did. Um, and that gave you a couple of years runway, right? Um, mm -hmm. where, how did Blogstatic come? Where, where does it fit into your story? So I got super lucky, like you said, with Claritask. It was at the right time, right moment. And then Blockstatic was something that I challenged myself with. I wanted to build a SaaS for 20 to 30 hours of work. I had sold Claritask. I was super confident in my skills as a programmer. And I built it. I launched it. Uh, it got some clients right away. And I didn't make much of it. The year I sold Claritask, I took most of the summer off. Okay. I was hanging out with my kids. We did some traveling. I didn't work much. And then I was just coasting. I had some clients, some contract work, etc. And then last year, so 2022, I sort of wanted to get Blockstatic or my SaaS making a better shot, be more structured in my approach, not just sort of like coast along, whatever comes my way. And I decided to take a loan to pay myself. So I took a loan. I, I started paying the loan with the loan. Basically, I stopped all the work again. No contract work, nothing. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing this full time. So this was September 2022. And then a month later, Ashraf, who's in Mega Maker, he approached me. He's like, you know, I have some money. I want to invest. I like what you're doing. You know, let's talk. So we agreed on 30K. We did it as a debt and some percentage, and that helped me be more safe into pursuing this dream and pursuing this journey. And without Ashraf, I could have never done yeah. it. So got lucky there again. And Blockstatic is doing good, but not as good as I needed to. It's hovering around 1K per month. To make it a 5 to 10K business per month, it's going to take a lot of marketing, a lot of effort, which I'm not sure 
I'm very keen into doing it. I might have the skills and time to do it, but I'd rather focus on a product mm -hmm. that maybe can bring a little bit more cash for less of an effort. And that's where the B2B approach comes in. So that's sort of yeah. block static. I'm, I'm still on it. I'm not giving up on it. it. You know, there's no point of giving up because the product is profitable around 80, 90%. It's selling itself. I'm not doing much marketing. It's bringing pretty much free cash flow. Like it would be crazy to shut it down. So with that said, I'm using part of my time to build a B2B SaaS. So much to unpack there. In in the story, where, where, where should I go? Because I've got I've got lots of thoughts on this, not only on blog static and your pricing. Because what you said about building something more high leverage makes complete sense. But selfishly, I really like blog static, so I want it to exist. And when I see a really good product that is taking on an incumbent, again in like a really competitive market, I'm like, it'll be a shame for an indie product to die that is tackling it so well because like you see indies taking on a competitive market and not doing a very good job mm -hmm. and you're like yeah but the reason it's not working is your product is really shit compared to theirs and it's hard to tell people that except that's their baby but a blog static compared to ghost it is really good and for me who's someone who used ghost who loved ghost it was kind of a hard thing for me to move off it but when i started using blog static dude i, I was like this is perfect and your low cost approach which i don't necessarily agree with is perfect for this because that's why i love using card as well because it is a no-brainer it is like absolutely i'll pay for this if i'm if i'm paying ghost however much for their product and it's decent but i can get almost the same experience from an indie much cheaper for me where my blog is just for fun right okay let's let's talk about that like the low cost approach why you're going for for that is it for this no-brainer and is this a double-edged sword because it's made it so much more difficult for you to grow because you need more customers true both both cases true so first thing uh, was the making a no-brainer product uh, you know people not thinking about you know twice about if they should buy it or not that was one thing the downside of it is that it's hard to grow mm -hmm. and when i'm you know when i say grow I mean 5k 10k yeah. per month because the product is growing anyway you know it has a 15 to 20 percent growth every month i have investors who are interested to invest in it i had people interested to buy it straight out so the product is good now since it's not providing me the money that i need it doesn't mean that the product is not doing yeah. well because for itself it's doing really great it's not going anywhere so to get back to your question I wanted to make a no-brainer product. Also, blogging, I didn't see it as a product where people pay monthly, you know, $40, $50, $90 per month unless you're like super differentiated yeah. and you're serving a niche of someone who needs blogging for, I don't know, farms, whatnot. I don't know what kind of niche would it be to, to pay that much, you know, that big of an amount. And then I made it, I, I wanted to make it super simple for you know, for myself when people churn because the, the cost is so low, you know, if somebody churns, it doesn't hurt as much, you know. And also, to be honest, it's what people are paying for it. I could try making it a $15, $20 product a month. I don't think what people will pay for it. So I think it's being very open to listening to what people are willing to pay for it, which a lot of times people, I think, uh, try to sell a product with the price that they want yeah. to make off of a product. And I think that's a wrong approach because the market with a credit card 
always has the last word. Like they're going to decide what they want to pay for the product. I think you're right. And you can tell you've put a lot of thought into this and the reasons your price is the way they are. I think that completely makes sense. It's really sad that in order for it to grow to the point you need, it's going to take a huge amount of marketing effort to get the volume, getting a marketing machine working. And that might just take more money. And it's why there are so many VC-backed companies in the space or why there's so many other bigger competitors. And I guess that's just not an option for you at this point which is why you're exploring the B2B option. Yeah, I mean, I have a VC who's been interested and they're, they're a pretty decent company. One thing I don't like about VCs in particular is that I know I will find myself in a spot where I will have to make a decision that is aligned with their goals. Yeah. And it's mostly financial goals. And that would cause me a lot of pain in terms of doing something that might be wrong by my users. You know, that's one thing I wouldn't want to do. Having VC money would be incredible. I would have a huge runway, would have a team of people that could, you know, deliver a bigger, better product with more features and compete with Substack and Ghost even on a, on a higher stage. I'm not saying entirely no to it, but that's the only thing that turns me off, being afraid that I'll find myself in a position where I will have to compromise the whole idea behind why Blockstatic exists, you know? A hundred percent. And also, like, it's a certain person that, or a certain founder that VC is more suited for. And I know for me, mm -hmm. I don't know if you're similar, I need to be able to fully make my own decisions and also take time away when I need to. And I think yeah. VC takes a lot more commitment and the indie route takes less of that. Um, so I, I, I came onto the school actually to try and convince you out of losing focus. But actually, it makes sense because you've got it to a decent point, but you, you need a lot mm -hmm. of volume. And to get that volume, it is going to take a lot more time or money, which frankly, you don't have, which is why B2B makes more sense for indie founders in reality because it's hard to get that volume of people yeah you know another another reason behind trying another product product instead of going head-on into doing the numbers that i need for block static is that i know from good work when i started doing things just for the growth's sake yeah. and didn't let the project product simmer within the industry i started making a lot of mistakes with the product, with the customers, with the positioning. I don't want to do that to block static. I know that if I focus and give my 100% to growing at any cost to the point where I need it to grow, I know I'll, I'll, I'm afraid I'll ruin it. And I want to give it this time to sort of grow on its own while I keep delivering some things that people actually need within block static and hopefully have some time to, to do some marketing efforts and hopefully maybe maybe this other product will give me the means to pour more money into block static maybe hire somebody to do the features that i i should be doing that maybe i don't have the time or maybe hire a marketing person who can do a lot of the work that i should be doing yeah so the reason behind like the, the bottom line is that i like where block static is growing i want it to continue growing it i want it to sort of simmer within the industry find its feet the growth is perfect I will continue pursuing this other thing that I'm, it might not go anywhere come January, February. But if it does, it could be just another stream, income stream for, for myself, you know, so. Well, Val, I, I hope it works out and I hope that it can bring you a little bit more of that indie freedom and success that you're hoping for. I do end every episode on three recommendations, a book, a podcast and an indie hacker. What have you got for me? 
I, I don't listen to many podcast indie hacker podcasts. I, I think the one that I listen to it's not a by indie indie hacker. It's startups for the rest yes. of us with Rob Walling. A book recommendation. I don't know if you like since you like tennis. I don't know if you ever read the Inner Game of Tennis. Ah, uh, no, 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 no. That's an incredible book. It's not only about tennis, which is the the most amazing thing about it. Indie hacker entrepreneur. Oh my gosh, I have so many, man. This is not fair. All right, so I I chatted with with Joe today. Joe Asheville, I think is his last name, is it? So he has a new product. He just quit his product that wasn't going anywhere, which I respect a lot. I respect people that quit. <laughs> I should have quit like I should have quit some things way much earlier before those things quit me. Cool, Val. Well, Val, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Indiebots. Hey, thanks for having me, man. This was incredible. Great to chat with you again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Indie Bites with Val Soapy of Blog Static. If you enjoyed Val's approach, you can get the full conversation on the Indie Bites membership by hitting the link in the show notes. And a thank you again to my sponsor, Email Octopus, for making the show happen. That's all from me. See you next week.